Listening to new information creates fresh connections in your brain and greater awareness. Shades of Life awakens your brain with... All right, this is Harris there. There is a, an understanding amongst brain researchers and people who actually see what we do in the evolution of our mind, that there are people who are conscious that they are not conscious of everything and that they know what they don't know and what they don't see. Then there are those who just don't know. And what I find in business is that there are a lot of people that just have not expanded their curiosity enough to know what is on the scene today and what only not what are we advancing in technology, but what has been actually advancing in the understanding of ourselves and the magnificence of what we are as children of God and the creation of what we have as body. Uh, everything so synchronized and beautiful. Uh, some of some of the things that is early childhood and the curiosities is that I've always been amazed being raised where you're very close to nature, you would see things die. You would also see things being uh, prepared different uh, times of the season when it's time to actually harvest the meat and the cattle were killed and the, the pigs were killed and people were doing all of their meat preparations and stuff. My curiosity about that was purely to see the inside of the body and to understand the magnificence of how everything is connected and interdependent on each other. And so that led me into brain research and actually seeking greater answers of then how do we think. Here's what I know. The body that we have been given and the God-given gift of that is so perfect in its origins and its nature. Then why do we as people, humanity, seem to move in such confusion when we need to think something through for ourselves? So that tells me that we're, we exist in a body that in itself is perfect in the harmonics as well as the actual order of things and how that all actually affects itself. So then we have to start looking at, okay, what then brings on the various situations we encounter that become obstacles? It's not even, you know, failure for us. And so with the brain research, the the 45, 50 years now of just curiosity and studying and, and learning and understudying and being a, a terrifically interested student, I have accumulated a great deal of information that helps me when I see certain positions people take in life and why they say one thing and do another. So basically what's happening now is I'm dedicating here at 71 years old a lot of time helping people get out of the box that they put themselves in. They buried themselves long before breath and heart stopped. And why people feel that they're not entitled to the wealth that exists and obviously that everyone else can seem to have but them. So what I've done and the work I've been doing is just helping people find what that is. What I do know is that most people feel that whatever can be fixed as far as their business and their prosperity, they feel it exists in a manual someplace that tells them the how-tos, you know, how to do this, how to do that, and the when to do this and the when to do that. I agree with that. I see that as the mechanics, and obviously there are techniques and processes that actually help things flow and good business management has to flow so you know 
what has to come before what, and you have to know what has to be done now. Okay, and so, yeah, you know, those things exist. Those are the mechanics. But then it is the mechanic that's working those mechanics that seems to not have the rate of success that somebody else doing the very same processes can have. And because I have, over the years, you know, I really have dedicated myself to trying to fix anything and everything that I feel is feasibly possible. And so sometimes I see people who I think try very hard and earnestly do what they believe, and key word here is believe, believe that needs to be done. And yet it is, you know, that little jingle that people say, you know, you, you somebody doing the same old same thing but looking for different results, and that's the epitome of insanity. Well, there's a truth in that, because until the mind actually begins to be in harmony with what the body feels, like we can, we have a feeling when we know things are good. You know, we're really electric and jacked when we know we're in the zone and we're doing exactly what needs to be done. An athlete enters into states of where they are actually stronger at precise moments of when they know that they're there and they're in the zone. And so do we, the ordinary person, that maybe is not an athlete but just kind of does the day-to-day life. There are days that we will say it's a good day, and then there are days that we say this one wasn't so cool, okay? But then at the, the base of that, what's going on? Same thing goes on when we say we want to reach for more and we believe we're entitled to more and that we want to do something greater. And that's what I'm getting at here, is that to do that, we first have to go inside our mind and find the numerous programs that are there. And in most cases, what I have found is that they're trivial. And as an adult looking back to something that was said to them as a child, it's real easy today to look at that and say, okay, but I really don't feel that I need to be in that kind of place feeling like that again. True. But then how have you really resolved allowing it to have its effects? Because people still go around feeling that they don't deserve. I see people who, as far as I'm concerned, that are professors and have excellent minds and teach at a very high level of education that strives and pushes and pushes and still does not feel that their intelligence are equal to whatever it is they think that they were told they were not. Okay, and so those are the things that we want to talk about tonight. Like, what what are those things and where did that come from? And how do we best resolve that in order to get on to the mechanics and have the same success ratios that most people have that are in those processes? Now, what we've been talking about tonight is actually dealing with what impairs us from having the successes that we can have and that in our birthright is ours to have to begin with. Now, some of the things that I've encountered is people who are going back into, and it's through different uh, related exercises as well as light medical hypnosis or or hypnotic uh, suggestion of exploring whatever has been part of an emotional trigger inside a person. And it's amazing to me 
and as a parent, even more amazing to me because throughout my raising of my children, I've heard various things parents say under stress or aggravation or whatever, and I've always saw that and felt ouch, you know, and, and thought that that was, could have been handled a little better and more gentle. But then again, people have, you know, again, we pass this from generation to generation and whatever they've been exposed to, that's how they see it and do it. So there would be situations where people as a child, especially if there's more than one child, it seems to be a norm to family that one of the many, one of the two or the three or the five of whatever the children's numbers are, that there has there becomes a, a parental way of handling a particular child's clumsiness or uncertainty in those early years, and they'll label them stupid. And they tell them, you know, that they're lazy, or they tell them, you know, you're never going to learn, or they're just, just off-handed remarks. I'm sure at any given point... No parent says any of that stuff ever thinking that they're labeling or creating an obstacle for their child for the rest of their life. It just just doesn't come for that reason. But because it is careless and it is said, and whatever the emotional tenderness at whatever stage of our childhood we're in, it goes a lot deeper than ever had before thought. And this is being dealt with a lot on the level of psychology and psychiatrics as far as mental health uh, studies and, and uh, assistance as well. But in that, when we, when, by the time people get to me and I get to go through their stories and look over what it is that they are saying they're going for, it's gotten to where over these years it's very easy for me to sit and give them about 10, 15 minutes to kind of just talk it out for me and see exactly, it's, you know, most of the time I don't have to go back through the file at all. I can just, I just kind of take my notes as they're talking because it has become such a habitual part of them to degrade themselves or to kick themselves or to denounce themselves that they'll say it as they're trying to explain what it is they're going through. And they'll, they'll you know, especially talking to me for the first time, uh, it's almost an automatic situation that people want to say, well, I'm not the smartest person in the world, you know, and, you know, I screw up a lot. And, and they start affirming all of these hindrances is what I call them, just hindrances. They just impair and hinder a person. And it's like after we get through, I usually start my whole inquiry as to saying, do you know how often that you say this? And then I feed back some of the things that they're saying. And they look kind of perplexed with that, and, you know, and many times they'll say to me, so what does that mean? And it's like, okay, here's what I know, and then I have to kind of go through the brain research stuff with them and say, all of the repetitive languaging that we think and what we verbally share becomes the way the body and the mind deals with anything you take on and anything that you're getting yourself involved with. So when we decide to make business changes, you want to start looking at what are the various things that you catch yourself saying that's not going to let you have the sales quota that you want or the big contract that you're seeking or the, even though, you know, accepting the possibility that it's something you could have. And so I give them a lot of time, and I've actually even had a few say to me, well, I'm getting frustrated because I feel that when we have our sessions, our coaching sessions, that it's just me 
you know, talking about myself and talking about what I feel and how I'm going through it, and I'm not really getting any solutions as to handle this or to handle that. And I tell them, well, I can totally understand you may be feeling that way, and this is what I'm doing. And then I kind of educate them that in order to actually get to the bottom of what it is that they're wanting to do and succeed at, I first have to know what's in the way of that. And if it's something that we are perpetuating ourselves, then I have to resolve that before I can even put any of the mechanics into place. So then I just begin to give them little questionnaires to actually play with and ask them, okay, so for the next day, you know, or the maybe next two or three days before we have our next coaching call, could you possibly start watching how many times you say you have not, you know, can you possibly begin to see how many times you actually speak in the term of having the lack of something, not having it. And could you possibly see how many times you, you know, maybe just playfully or nervously or anxiously say derogatory things to yourself, Uh, especially when I'm sitting with people and they'll make a mistake and they'll say, see, I'm just so stupid, you know, and they go into a real jerk emotional reaction. It's like, Okay, you just confirmed that. So that's going to make whatever we do just a bit harder, you know. And you're going to you're going to play with that. You're looking already to set yourself up with that. And the wonderful thing that we have now is all the research that we have in this area that actually says that once this has become habitual behavior and habitual manner of thinking about ourselves, that now we have a chemical addiction within our own body with our own hormones and our own body chemistry that begins to feed off of that. And so once we come to this place of challenge, okay, all of those old programs begin to stimulate certain feelings and those feelings then move into natural body chemistry and then the body actually gets its emotional fix from those chemicals. No different, and I know this is a little hard for some people to grasp, but no different than a drug addict that's on heroin or coke or some of the other things that we seem to take social objection to. Okay, words and emotional reactions to those words are as addictive as any one of those drugs and more harmful in some cases. So basically, that's the first level of what we have to go through in finding out why a person needs to personally change before they have personal success. And in that, then it gives us a little bit more to have to work with. So anyway, what we do then is we find little emotional triggers, and we all walk around, and I've heard people say this over and over again, you know, well, somebody pushed my button. Okay, well, then if you know what that button is, and you know that right after someone puts you into that emotional spin, that you don't like what you do or how it comes out, then there are definitely ways we can change that. But that in itself is a prime example of what I'm talking about. That's body chemistry. And no matter how much you're working with it, unless you actually find ways to deal with it, it will continue to take you to places you don't want to be and basically maybe painful places that you suffer because of it. So... We're going to go through that again. There are emotional buttons that you might not even be consciously aware of that actually bother you anymore. But the minute the circumstances 
stimulated, then you go into a, a biological process with body chemistry and reaction to it that then actually takes you emotionally out of control and into a very self-destructive place nonetheless. So those things come up when people start expecting and moving toward having better lives or actually wanting to do something bigger and better for themselves. And I've watched very, very sincere and beautiful people that, that I trust with all my heart are entitled to greater things because they they push themselves through educational processes. You know, they work very hard. They put their money aside for their business investments and all these other things. And then what I notice and I see is that they are doing what they feel they can do as far as business management, but then at the same time, they're still in those emotional boxes that habitually being the habit of the usual. So what I do do at that point is that we simply get them in a place to where we do some inner work and take care of the neuropaths and actually resolve and, and prune the neuropaths so that we then come into growing new pathways that allow us to come to a place of getting better results as far as what we're trying to go for. Okay, so basically that's what we're going to do as far as getting into some areas to where maybe some of you would want to come in and call or talk and discuss this. Uh, when I do do the mechanics of what I do in teaching business management and business strategy, okay, that, that to me is the easy part of it. You know, if any any willing person, and most people who come to me are definitely willing people because they have to come forward at a time to where they realize in order to get anywhere further with their business, they, they have to make some changes or get a better skill bank to work from. So basically in doing that, then we come to saying, okay, let's see how your business day runs, and then we can put in the mechanics of, looking at your, you know, your time effectiveness, your systems. Uh, sometimes with me, I even look to who are they employing and, and interview some of their employees because sometimes we have people doing something that's just not really enhancing to their skill bank nor the way they like to do things. And believe me, that will have effect on whatever the daily, you know, totals are on whatever contracts and business that we do. So it's, it's very wise. The same thing, like I said, is even if it's doing the mechanics of the business, we still want to see where people are at and what is the habitual nature of those people. So kind of the Myers-Briggs uh, personality thing today, there's a, a tremendous amount of items and particulars that you can do to help people see where their more natural inclinations are as far as success. And so... Whoever, especially when you have a, an owner that's trying to do excellent management and actually has three to five or however many employees they have, to actually know before you put that person into a position and a post exactly what you can expect from them. And I think that one of the greater, wiser business policies are is that when you have a person who comes in for a particular post, that you have an educational process in your business, that you allow that person to continue to move forward in learning more and feeling that they actually are growing and have greater benefits for working with you. So there's sort of like an all-around 
uh, touching and getting things in place that's done when we do have business coaching and, and uh, where that goes. And like I said, basically for me, it's actually finding out what are the things I can get to to help a person begin to allow themselves to success. Because here's the thing. The mechanics don't fail, and the technology, especially the business technology, is 100%. So it's sort of like uh, when you watch Caesar, the dog trainer, when he goes in to help a situation where there's a prognatic, like doggy that's biting or yipping or whatever, he goes, he he actually goes in and says he has to train the humans. And the uh, horse whispers do the same thing. So it's sort of like the same thing. There there are these natural inclinations coming from the person themselves that actually becomes the problem of not having the business growth that they want. And once we get to that, and it, sometimes it's not just something that they've encountered as a child, it's something that happened in relationships uh, Sometimes when I have discovered that people have worked for a company for a number of years and they have been put in a particular uh, place of responsibility and uh, they've had not so much uh, encouragement to better themselves or just, you know, that they were actually uh, passed up sometimes when there were uh, promotions ready. Those people go into a place of thinking that it's going to be harder for them. And then that's what they do in the interview. They constantly tell me, well, things don't come as easy for me as they do someone else. And and the point that I want you to hear that I'm making is listen to what you keep affirming. You know, when you're looking for uh, something different in your life, what are you doing different? How are you talking and acting different? I mean, I even suggest to business people I know, if you've been in that same office all this time and you're looking to actually take this business to a new level, change the furniture or get rid of all that furniture and bring in other furniture, paint the walls different, do something different that when you unlock the door and walk in, there's that immediate experience of different. Because unless you start accepting those differences, you're not going to have what it is you need to do. I understand that there's somebody on the line. Yes. All right. Very good. And what can we do? Are you on the subject that we're on tonight? And where are you at? And who are you? Uh, my name is Lois, and I'm in Oklahoma. I have a question. I have lots going on and new things that are being developed, and it's really exciting. My thing is uh, is organization of time. I write out what I want to get done every day, and it seems like I go in, and there's so many other things that need to be handled as well. And then uh, my time gets convoluted into other things, Um can you help me with that issue? <laughs> sure. Welcome to madness. <laughs> time, time effectiveness. Okay. What do we when we say time effectiveness? We're saying how much how much effect can we get in any given measure of time? And what I what I do and what I teach in that is okay. We need to look at what is our day from the time that we get up until it's time that we go to sleep, okay? And then we begin to see what it is we want to accomplish. And sometimes if there are certain daily practices that a person does, uh, then a person may need to get up an hour earlier. Like I know that in, in any given morning, I get up and I meditate and uh, I do my prayers, I read my, you know, my scriptures. Uh, 
I kind of do what I call my God talk, you know, and uh, see where I'm at from whatever the night dreams may have left some emotional tracking. Uh, and then I, I go, go out and I greet the day, the sun, and in that I actually put forth what I want to do in service today. What do I want out of this day? Uh, we sort of call it creating our day. And in that, that sets the pace of what I know that I have to do. Uh, I stay a very, very busy person, and people often tell me, why don't you simplify your life? And my life, there is no simplicity to my life. I, I live exuberantly. I love doing what I do. I, I've tried sitting down, slowing down, and all those other things people suggest, and to me that's just not possible. So what I do do, though, is to make sure that I don't spread myself too thin, especially now that I've gotten older and in my winter seasons I've learned to be wiser about how much I really try to get into the day. Now, I don't know what you do as far as what your your job would be and what you need to manage with that, but learn to delegate, especially if you're in a position that's very demanding of you at work and yet you need to have better and greater results at the position you have, you may very well want to evaluate if you need to duplicate yourself in some level. I find that most people that start stressing over time have not duplicated themselves to the need of which they have grown. And uh, so basically looking to see where you can delegate or possibly create a position part-time or otherwise that a person pick up some of the more time-consuming things. When we're in business management or we're responsible to lead the growth of, or evolving of a business, we really do have to become good leaders. And in being a good leader, the time that we spend on the menial and the trivial part or just the labor parts of things begin to take us away from the true responsibility we have as a manager and a leader. So time, you know, when you're saying time, are you speaking of time at your job that you're not seeing all of the things that are expected of you there, or are you talking about personal time? Uh, it's it's at the job, and I think you've definitely hit the nail on the head there with delegating. I can see where that <clears throat> is definitely a place that I need to – that. Um, has to take place. Yeah. And and the other thing is actually delegating that job out. Most of the time, we don't delegate and set up someone else to relieve us from certain activities because we truly accept that nobody will do it quite as good as we can. So this would be a really wise place for you to look and actually start writing down, like catch yourself when you're actually performing what it is you're going to need to hire or uh, get an assistant doing, actually write it down in great detail because you're never going to be satisfied with delegating out and you'll always find reason to, again, pick up the responsibility because you're not satisfied with how it's being done until you actually monitor yourself in doing it and knowing what it is you're going to expect to see that person do. And, you know, and, and actually, because here's, here's what I find, and I've done this, so I'm not being, you know, hypocritic here. I've learned that I've put people into work positions and hired them for particular things that I felt was needed, only to find that when I started doing it, I just felt myself very critical, 
and not not really appreciating all that they were doing. And then I just realized it's because you didn't tell them these little few details. You didn't give them, you know, specifics that were important to you and what you expect from what you're asking. So basically at this time, what I would suggest you do is before you have or post somebody in that position, actually observe yourself and what you do and what it is you're going to really expect from them and the kind of reaction that you expect from them as well. And uh, Yes, very good. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, and we appreciate your calling in. I hope that that helped many, because never is there one question for just one person. It's always the many. So we appreciate you checking in with us. Thank you. Yes. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so basically what we're looking at now is actually making sure that, as we just heard Lois from Oklahoma sharing with us, that sometimes at our jobs we do become ineffective, and then whoever is supervising us or or corporately over us starts seeing that we're giving bad job performance. And especially in today's economy, I get an awful lot of people saying to me they're being asked to do two and three times what they used to have to do, and that uh, it's to their people are collapsing jobs into one person where there used to be two or three. You, You know, if you just really monitor that and record that and actually show a good report of why that uh, the performance that's needed is not really being able to be given. Wise business people and everybody who wants to succeed is very open to seeing what that might be. And sometimes, yes, budget-wise, companies do cut back. But once they see that it's at the sacrifice of their progress, they're more than willing to change it back or to make other adjustments. So please just make your report and put down the itemization of what you're you're aware of that's causing the lack of growth or performance or expected outcome. And then people sit down and solve and find the solution. So that all works. Now, we want to go into, again, I would suggest that you get into studies that helps you see how you have to resolve some of the emotional triggers you have. And there's just an array of books out there and processes you can get into and read and help yourself. But basically, if you're doing the mechanics and you're really applying yourself and you're changing how you're doing the systematic stuff and the the daily to-dos and processes, and you're not seeing the measurable change that you wanted and you're not seeing what other people seem to get out of it, then I would bring it back to a personal note and realize that you need first then to clear out some of your own personal baggage or even some of your own psychological processes to prepare yourself for a greater growth. And uh, that in itself sometimes is what gets people in hot water. They don't know how to accept their own worth and value of great success. What I'm watching and what I'm really liking is a lot of uh, the activities and things people are doing, and especially the organization called Thrive Movement. Uh, check them out, thrivemovement.com. And seeing how we are taking personal responsibility for doing what needs to be done to change our economy and, and add to our standard of living. Um, Obviously, there's distant thunder as to what things will actually have to undergo as far as the financial growth and especially the financial stability of our country, the United States. 
we're a new country. You know, we're a few hundred years in our making and uh, definitely uh, the offshoot of other countries and made up of a great mixture of ethnic peoples and, and different cultural uh, things that go on. So basically we're a melting pot of just various uh, mindsets in how people think and, and uh, particularly how they make their decisions. And I work with a wonderful man some years back who was Dennis Waitley, who actually had uh, in some of our programs that we did, Dennis would always come back to saying that uh, immigrants who emigrate to this country are the better business people who have the tenacity that actually will make their businesses work because they're not afraid to work and that they work hard and that they do what they have to do to make their businesses grow. And definitely this man was a master at what he did, so I'm not going to sit here and try to make him wrong. But along with looking at that, what we need to look at is it's not just immigrant consciousness or people's hunger that pushes them forward. That may get us out of the woods for a while. But then again, coming back to what exists inside of us and what really makes up the who we are comes from the thinking and the talking that we do. And that's where we begin to catch the little uh, nuances that actually give away what's at the bottom of the problem when you're not having the success that you really could have. And that's what we're talking about tonight, is what are those particular little uh, pits that we fall in that seem to just continue to rob us of what we really can have when we apply the mechanics of what a good business solution is. And so basically, again, finding out in yourself, how do you, how do you think? And I've had quite a few people ask me over the last month or so, so how do you really know what you're thinking, you know? And, and yeah, you know, I'm not suggesting that you take a day off work or take one of your work weekend days and just sit and listen to yourself think. But listen, to do that periodically at different times of the day, at just observe your thinking. Not try to control it and definitely not try to make something different happen right then and there. But just as you're observing, I go a lot out sometimes from... My mind is just really baked from the number of things that I'm handling. And I do people watching. And in watching people, I start seeing reflections of myself, you know, little things people do, and I start seeing the humor in that, and I start seeing sometimes just just the outrageousness and how ridiculous we can be. And uh, that helps me kind of get past where I'm at with something. But in that process, what I've learned that I do is I'm observing myself observing. So I'm actually observing whatever reactions I'm having to whatever it is I'm watching and how I feel about what, what a person did or how a person just handled a situation in that. And so it helps me see if I'm in a critical place or if I'm in an open place. And... and uh Quite honestly, you know, at this point of my life, I find that very, I engage very little with any sense of opinion or judgment of what I'm seeing. And I realize that I'm in a, an allowing place, an accepting place, that it doesn't have to be the way I think it needs to be. And uh, there's kind of a little joke that's going on in the particular area of work that I do. 
and it says that we have been uh, we have been relieved from needing to be the micromanager of the universe. And it kind of means, you know, there are some of us that wander around actually just trying to tell everybody how it has to be or what they can do. And so it becomes funny to us that we start seeing ourselves just trying to go around fix everything, you know, be be in charge of it, take care of it, or and 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 that sometimes comes. You know, it's not an excuse I'm making, but sometimes that comes from the hesitance of other people to want to actually take on more or actually be responsible for something else. And so then there are those people like myself that can't sit still for that to say, okay, if it's got to be done, you know, get it done. And then you begin to see that that kind of rolls over and everything. But it's in that process of observing ourselves, not judging, not making wrong, not going out there and stand on observe and see what it is I'm doing wrong. That's not the way I want you to handle it. But just observe what you make important. Observe how you handle those opinions that you have and see if you're being favorable to yourself in it. You know, if uh, we're extremely critical, then most of what we do to ourselves is critical. If we're in a place of being more allowing or even finding humor in what we what we just obviously can't seem to change at the time. That's failing forward. And in failing forward, you know, the process of learning and getting better comes with failures. You know, so many times I hear people say, but I failed so much. And I quote a wonderful man who I did uh, a lot of work with some years back that said if you're not failing at at least 300 times a day, you're not progressing or evolving. And (laughs) there's, there's truth at the base of that. So in observing ourselves, we're observing what we're not quite doing at the level that we could, or maybe even at the level that's needed, so we have to reach and push a little harder and, you know, condition ourselves to do that and to actually make that difference. The other things that I find is that sometimes we just, um, we have just come to something that is so uh, innate in our, our way of doing things that we don't see how other people see in what we do with that. So it's often, you know, when you're in a position and realizing things aren't going the way that you want to, maybe it's a time to confront. And I don't mean confront like aggressively and in a, in a you know, a, a very defensive place, but to come, C-O-M-E, confront, to actually ask people to come forward and uh, give you some reflection of what they see and actually whatever suggestions they may have as to thinking sometimes if uh, there is another way you could handle it. So if you're willing to actually be truthful enough with yourself to have those changes and to progress, then ask people to give you some reflection on that. And whether you like what they say or not, it's not the point. It's that you can consider what they said and see if it's something that you can look at seriously and maybe see how it can be done different. And the point of the whole program today is to to let you know that the bottom line here is that we live in a field of infinite, infinite, understand, limitless, infinite possibility. And how you live in that is how you think. And it is how you think that allows those possibilities to come to be probabilities and then to have the experience itself. So as you're moving to do that, 
you begin to have greater witness to the successes and the changes as well as the many ways that the Creator shows up in our day. And so it is in giving ourselves that opportunity that we actually see the things we want to come to fruits, good fruits. So, again, remember that as far as science, and here's the way you win those arguments with the mind of saying you can't have or there's not enough or you're not good enough or that it's just impossible because, 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 okay? You want to come back and say that's all definitely been changed with the new sciences of quantum physics and that at this point, know you live in the field of possibilities and all good things come your way. And this is Parish your host. Welcome you to know what's coming up to get information on other episodes and share your reflections and questions. You are important and you matter. Shades of Life. Listen on Anchor. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash anchor dot FM forward slash shades hyphen of hyphen life. Watch on YouTube. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash capital S letter O capital L I F E. Find out more on the blog site, https colon forward slash forward slash shades of life sol dot blogspot dot com. Share your input on Facebook, https colon forward slash forward slash www dot facebook dot com forward slash capital C letter O capital L I letter F letter E dot sol. Stay tuned together as we make the difference. Expand your knowledge and you will transform your mind. Bruce H. Lipton